Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. That was Jane and the boy, Waste Our Time. I'm Neil, and welcome back to my radio show. I hope you had a good week. It seemed like mine would never end. Now, I'm just like anybody else. I work a full-time job, and I got stuff I got to take care of. So when I record the show, I do it on Saturday mornings. It's when I have the time to do it. But to keep this sustainable, I need to be able to knock this out um, over the weekend. I want, well, my plan is I want to have these drop on Sundays, late Sunday at the worst. So I need to get these things done Saturday mornings. And being a homeowner, you have all that to deal with. And I got to get out and cut the lawn today. It's looking like the surface of an alien planet here in Florida. Uh, unfortunately, I have bahia grass. There's different types, but I got the I got the natural kind that's resistant to drought and comes back after it dies, but it seems to grow weeds this time of the year a lot more than it does actual grass. So when I'm done with this, I got to get out there and do that. Okay, enough of my bitching. Uh, on tonight's show, we're gonna have we're gonna have two movies and two TV shows. The movies we have will be You People and. The Pale Blue Eye TV shows, and one's going to be a recommend and one's not a recommend, and those are Willow and Poker Face. And with the movies, we do them on a 1 to 10 scale. Oh, that's, and I forgot, no, I forgot about that. There's also the throwback movie. We're going to have two newer films. They're going to be 22, 23. It's hard to do all 23 because uh, not, not a lot of movies are hitting streaming yet that are actually 2023 movies. A lot of them are 2022. So we're going to have a few. I'm going to try to do more than one. We're going to do a few 22-23 movies. And then we're going to do some TV shows. But also, 
I'm going to do an older movie. And like we've done in the first two episodes, uh, have a trailer. And then we talk a little bit about that movie. So that's kind of where we're falling in when it comes to the TVs and movies. But the movies will be on a scale of 1 to 10 where the TVs shows will be a, a recommend or don't recommend. Because a lot of the times I've only watched a couple episodes. And I'm not going to review seasons, episode, just single episodes or a whole season. Unless it's an old show, then I can do the whole thing. But that you know that's completed its run. But that's the way it's going to be when it comes to the movies and the TV shows. And then later in the show, we're going to have the first part of An Adventure by Morse, City of the Dead. I'll discuss that more later. And of course, we're going to have music. And speaking of music, let's get back to that with the next song by Yotam Ben Horan with Free Spirit. Stop, cause I'm free, spirit forever, I 
filter fish with I don't know. Okay, the first movie up is You People. You People is a 2023 American romantic comedy directed by Kenya Barris, which he co-wrote with Jonah Hill. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Hill, Lauren London, David Duchovny, Nita Long, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Eddie Murphy. Its plot focuses on an interracial couple and how their families reckon with modern love amid culture clashes, societal expectations, and generational differences. You People was released in select theaters on January 20th, 2023, before its streaming release on January 27, 2023 by Netflix. The film received mixed reviews from critics. Okay, when we go to, no, I just saw the two, but IMDB comes in at a 5.5, and Rotten Tomatoes is currently at a 43%. I figured I'd do this movie because there's been a lot of talk about it. I'm pretty close to what everybody else is saying about it, but... To me, this movie's a bit uneven. It starts way too fast. The um, the relationship between Jonah Hill and Laura London it it kicks off it kicks off way too quick. They don't you don't really get to see it build throughout the movie. But I kind of understand why they did that. They wanted to get to the strong supporting cast because they have a lot of known actors that I figure they wanted to get into the movie as quickly as possible. But that really doesn't happen. And when it does, it's meant to be funny, but most of the jokes just fall flat. For the bulk of the film, the parents are pretty one-dimensional. I was hoping to see a little depth from the characters, uh, but they seem to mostly rely on stereotypes. For example, Eddie Murphy, he's, his character is a straight-up militant father, which is fine and could be funny, but it never really is. I mean, we've seen it work better in, uh, what was the name of that um, with De Niro, crud, uh, meet the family. The problem is, until very late in the movie, they don't even show that he really loves or cares for his daughter. He's written kind of be a dick for Dick's sake, which may be a first because Eddie Murphy is probably one of the funniest people on the planet, and they've made him incredibly unlikable in this movie until the very end. By then, it's too late. That's the other thing. It's strange because... They, they rush into the relationship, you get to the middle of the film, and you don't really see any kind of change in the characters until like the last 10 minutes, and it's so abrupt, it's jarring. Murphy goes from being this really unlikable guy, and then boom, all of a sudden he's the greatest person on the face of the earth. Now there is a scene with between him and his brother, and that's supposed to be the transition, but it doesn't really work for me. Unfortunately, the characters that are supposed to make this movie funny are just really underdeveloped. And it's a shame because they're really trying to tackle a serious topic. There's a lot of wasted talent in this film, especially Murphy and David Duchovny, who I'm a fan of. Um, I was a big X-File fan. It seems like his character has had a lobotomy and he just sits in the corner and drones on. They try to make some funny moments with him, but mostly none of it works. For me, this movie just was a big missed opportunity. It's kind of stuck in the middle, never gets going. For me, it's a five. When the movie was over, I turned to my wife and I asked her, so what do you think? One to ten. And she said a six. So if you go by uh, IMDB, you know, that's kind of where it is. I'm at a five, she's at a six. So 5.5, that's what that was. So that's basically, I agree with what everybody's saying. You know, the potential to be a good movie with a lot of talented people involved, but it just doesn't work. Okay, our next movie is The Pale Blue Eye, a 2022 American mystery thriller film written and directed by Scott Cooper, adapted from the novel of the same name by Louis Bayard. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Christian Bale, Harry Melling, Gillian Anderson, Lucy Boynton, Charlotte Gainsborough, Toby Jones, Harry Lawley, Simon McBurney, Timothy Spall, and an unrecognizable, at least to me, Robert Duvall. Its plot follows veteran detective Augustus Landor in 1830 West Point, New York, as he investigates a series of murders at the United States Military Academy with the aid of, amazingly played by Harry Melling, Edgar Allan Poe, a young military cadet. 
The Pale Blue Eye was released in select cinemas on December 23, 2022, before its streaming release on January 6, 2023 by Netflix. The film received mixed reviews. IMDB gave it a 6.6, Rotten Tomatoes 63%, and Metacritic 56 out of 100. The Pale Blue Eye is a great-looking movie. It has great performances by Bale and uh, Melling, which I've already mentioned. He, he's amazing as Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, it's even more amazing once you realize this is the actor who played Dudley in the Harry Potter movies. Um, he has turned into a fantastic... I'm going to have to check what else he's done because he's turned into a fantastic actor. And for this movie, and I'm not an awards guy, I don't really follow him, but... Man, give that guy an award. He was great in this film. Now, this movie, it's kind of an acquired taste, not to be snobbish when it comes to film. This is a real movie person's movie. It's a very dialogue-driven. That said, there is a subplot in the film, which for me doesn't really work, not to try to give... I don't want to give anything away, but there's um, a subplot with witchcraft and devil worship, and it it's fine. It... It, I understand that it's supposed to be foreshadowing of some of his writing, like The Fall of the House of Usher, but um, there's some stuff in there that doesn't really work. But I'm sure this movie is going to be a huge hit with Edgar Allan Poe fans. And although it does go a little sideways with some of the stuff in the film, um, overall, I really, really enjoyed this film. Actually, I think I enjoy this film more than what the other critics and uh, people have been saying about it. I would come in at about a, we'll go with a 7.5. I think if you like period pieces, you like mystery thrillers, you like Christian Bale, and you like great acting from Melling, then uh, check it out. Okay, so let's go back to the music with To the Valley with the song Shelter. Raindrops on the rain 
More than a hundred years ago, in a mountain village in Switzerland, lived a man whose strange experiments with the dead have since become a legend. A legend that is still told with horror the world over. We've only just started. Just opened the door. Look, now's the time to go through that door and find what lies beyond it. But don't you see, Paul? We've discovered the source of life itself and we've used it to restore a creature that was dead. This is Frankenstein, who revolted against nature, who experimented with the devil and was forever cursed. His unwilling collaborator was Paul Kremp. I can't prove you murdered, but I can stop you using his brain. Why, he has no further use for it? Be careful! Go down it! Only two women ever entered this house of evil. Elizabeth, come back! Elizabeth, the lovely cousin who had promised to marry him, and Justine, the maid, who kept passionate and secret rendezvous with her master. Won't you understand you're in real danger? What Victor is doing is dangerous to everyone in the house. Now, you cannot possibly conceive what dreadful thing he's planning to do. What are you trying to tell me, Paul? That Victor's wicked? Insane? Wicked? Insane? Evil? Call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now, the monster was the master. Paul, what are you going to do? For your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature. And see that you pay for these atrocities. No! The Curse of Frankenstein is a 1957 British horror film by Hammer Film Productions, loosely based on the 1818 novel Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus by Mary Shelley. It was Hammer's first color horror film and the first of their Frankenstein series. Its worldwide success led to several sequels, and it was also followed by new versions of Dracula 1958, The Mummy 1959, establishing Hammer Horror as a distinctive brand of gothic cinema. The film was directed by Terence Fisher and stars Peter Cushing as Victor Frankenstein and Christopher Lee as the creature. Professor Patricia McCormick called it the first really gory horror film showing blood and guts and color. Now going back to the 50s, um, Hammer Horror was really the gold standard of the gothic horror films. These are movies I could sit down and watch over and over again just for the way that they look. And Peter Cushing, he's amazing as Frankenstein. Uh, Cushing and Christopher Lee, they collaborated numerous times on Hammer films. Lee usually got the short end of the stick, and I think it's... I want to say this is the only time he played the monster in the Frankenstein films. I mean, Lee's role in a lot of these movies was a source of irritation with him because I believe even in the, the second Dracula film that he did, I think he refused to speak in it, and uh, he he didn't. I, and I want, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's the second because he speaks in the first Dracula film, um, but in the second one, I don't think he says a word. Uh, the reviews are on IMDb is a 7 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes is an 81, and Metacritic is a 59 out of 100. I'm going to give this film an 8 out of 10. Now, someone's going to go watch Maverick Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick, whatever the heck it's called, and say, ooh, you gave that an 8, and you gave The Curse of Frankenstein an 8, and I hate The Curse of Frankenstein. Well, you're comparing apples to oranges. But if you like old films, and I know a lot of people don't, 
but if you like old films, Curse of Frankenstein is a shockingly good time. Up next, Kiss the Earth by Vector.
Ronnie Barr Hades with Higher Than the Rain. Now on the streaming, our first uh, streaming TV show is going to be Willow. Willow is an American high fantasy adventure television series based on and serving as a sequel to the 1988 film of the same name. Produced by Lucasfilm and Imagine Entertainment, the series premiered on November 30th, 2022 on the streaming service Disney+. It has been nearly 17 years since Queen Bab Morda was defeated. An unlikely group of six heroes sets off on a dangerous quest to places far beyond their home where they must face their inner demons and come together to save their world from the gales. Just to do some of the cast, we have Warwick Davis as Willow Upgood, Ellie Bamber as Alora Dannon, Ruby Cruz as Princess Kit. Um, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> okay, now the original Willow film, I... I saw it back when it came out. I and this is one of the one of the things I remember listening to the radio in the trailer for Willow and uh, then Ron Howard being on the on the program talking about the movie. It was very early on in his directing career. So the original film, I like it. And back then you gotta remember there was no Lord of the Rings films, there was no Game of Thrones, so for a fantasy adventure movie, this is one of the few, and I really like the movie, and I and I love the character of Mad Mardigan, played by Val Kilmer. Now, this TV show, to say I hated it, <laughs> would probably would be too harsh. I watched three episodes. I watched the first two episodes, which I did not like at all. Maybe I think this was geared towards a younger audience, and it just didn't resonate with me. It seemed like an episode of. Hannah Montana meets Game of Thrones. The sixth episode has Christian Slater in it, and it's I felt terrible for him. He's acting like like a fool. It, it, I I just this series it seemed it they didn't know what they were doing going in, and it, I I don't know if they consult. Now look, I understand George Lucas. He don't ask him to write the scripts. Um, but, I mean, this is a concept he came up with back in the 80s or whenever he came up with it. And I know that they wrote a couple books based off of the original film. And Lucas, his strong suit is coming up with stories, not really writing screenplays or directing, but he can come up with stories. And I don't understand, and believe me, I didn't do a ton of research on this, but why they don't consult him on this stuff, I, I don't understand. You see it in this show, you see it in those, the last Star Wars films. I mean, get the guy involved, these are the things he created. But, I mean, I do not recommend this. Now, I will go back and revisit it because I feel bad not liking it. But let's go to see, actually, let's check out what people are saying. I don't give ratings on TV shows, but I just do the recommend, not recommend, which I'm not recommending this, but IMDB is a 5.6, Rotten Tomatoes is an 85, and Metacritic is a 70. So uh, according to that, if you like adventure film or adventure shows, people like it. I don't, but people do like it. The end of the film, or, yeah, I keep calling it film. At the end of the shows, they have a contemporary music play at the end. And it's that's it drives me insane because the original movie, and I'm gonna assume it was a John Williams score, I'm not looking at it, but I, I mean it's very cinematic, and then to have some contemporary song play at the end, it just makes it too I don't know. The show just was didn't work at all for me. I, I'll revisit it at some point. I like Warwick Davis a lot. I really want this to be good, um, for but for me at this time I cannot recommend Willow. Okay, our next streaming show, and um, I have a lot uh, more positive things to say about this one is Poker Face. Poker Face is an American television series created by Ryan Johnson for the streaming service Peacock. 
stylized as a case of the week murder mystery. It stars Natasha Lyonne as Charlie Kale, a casino worker on the run who entangles herself in the several mysterious deaths of strangers along the way. Peacock announced the series in March 2021 with Lyonne attached and Johnson as director. Poker Face consists of 10 episodes and debuted on January 26, 2023. The series has received critical acclaim. The series centers around Charlie Kale, a casino worker with an innate ability to detect lies, traveling across the United States on the run from the casino boss following a suspicious death. Along the way, she encounters colorful characters and solves homicides in a variety of settings. This is a big recommend for me. Um, if you if you like, most shows these days are very serialized, one episode from the next, and there is a, a thread that runs through the show, but this harkens back to a lot of um, old shows, and and I mean this is if you were a fan of Columbo, this is a more modern take on Columbo. Natasha Leone, she could be Peter Falk's daughter. Um, she is channeling her inner Columbo in this show, and she is the the best part about the series. Now, of the episodes I've watched, three out of the six I think that are out so far. Um, there's some hit and miss stuff in it, but I mean, she makes the show. She's amazing. She is so likable. And it's the reason that people are going to tune in to watch this, to watch her solve the crimes, because each episode starts off with the murder. You see who did it. You see what happens. And then she comes across it and has to solve it exactly the way they did it with Columbo. And I'm glad the series, um, is out because it's different than anything else that's on anything else that I've found on streaming recently. Big recommend from me. Next up, Marlowe Love Songs to New York. I'm lost. 
That was Michael McQuaid with Blood in the Water. Adventures by Morse is a syndicated adventure series produced, written, and directed by Carlton E. Morse in the mid-1940s, shortly after NBC canceled his I Love a Mystery series. Morse produced 52 episodes of the program, each 30 minutes long. I'm cutting these down and playing them in segments. I'm also doing a little bit of... uh, cleaning up the uh, crackling and, and things of that nature to make them more easier on the ears. A little more on the show. Captain Bart Friday was a globe-trotting San Francisco-based private investigator portrayed during the series by Elliot Lewis, David Ellis, and Russell Thorson. Friday's sidekick from Texas, Skip Turner, was played mostly by Jack Edwards and occasionally by Barton Yarborough. The tales covered such areas as espionage, kidnapping, and murder, along with secret Nazi bases, snake worshippers, and voodoo. That sounds like a winner to me. The series was presented in 13-episode blocks, each containing two stories, with each 10-chapter story ending with a teaser for the following three-chapter story. The City of the Dead and A Coffin for the Lady are mentioned in the promotional recordings as the first and second stories, respectively. And now... Adventures by Morse, the City of the Dead. Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents... The City of the Dead, featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. The City of the Dead. There are 10,000 citizens in the City of the Dead, each with a white marble slab indicating each residence. The gates of the City of the Dead have long been closed to newcomers. It is a city whose population has remained unchanged for the last 10 years. And the mayor of this city is Joshua Friday. Some call him caretaker of the old cemetery in the valley. But anyone who knows Joshua Friday at all calls him mayor. He is the only living person in the city of the dead. 
That is, unless you care to include Lammy Fink, a slow-witted fellow who does kitchen police duty and a little gardening in the city during the day and retires beyond its precincts at night. The city of the dead lies in a tiny valley 25 miles from the suburb of a great city. It is off the main highway and completely isolated from the world. But now it's 9 o'clock on a moonlit, windy night in October. Come on. Come on, get out of that car. You heard me. What, what do you want? You want me to plug you? Oh, Jimmy, do what he says. You too, girl. Get out. You let go of me. You let that girl alone. And get out of the car. Both of you. Yeah. Now start walking. No. The other way. But that's toward the graveyard. You heard me. And don't look back or they'll pick up your bodies in the morgue wagon in the morning. Now get moving. Jimmy, what's happening to us? Keep walking. Don't look around. They've stolen your machine. I know it, Phyllis. I couldn't tackle two armed men. Well, of course you couldn't. Shouldn't have parked way out here in the country. But it was nice. It was so still in the moonlight. Who do you suppose they were? Probably car thieves. They didn't touch us. Jimmy. Listen. Church bell. Oh, there aren't any churches around here. Oh, sure there is. That little old church down at the other end of the valley. Oh, but that's all falling to pieces. It hasn't been used for years. That's right. Funny, isn't it? Jimmy, I'm scared. Do we have to go on? Well, look, Phyllis, there's a light ahead of us. You know what it is? No. Oh, Jimmy, what's that? Quick, get off the road, behind those bushes. Get down. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy, what was that? What was... Oh, oh I wish we were home. Don't talk so loud, Phyllis. I acted as though we were being chased. Chased? Well, listen... Don't hear anything, do you? No. Then come on. Keep on the grass. Where are we going? You saw that light. I just remembered that the caretaker of the city of the dead lives around here somewhere. That must be his place. Oh, I, I don't like that name. What? City of the dead? Yes. Graveyard's bad enough. Well, anyway, we'll get him to let us use his phone and call the police and have a car sent out for us. Well, there you can see the outline of the house among the trees. See it? Uh-huh. Looks awfully lonesome, doesn't it? Look, what are those? Inside the city of the dead. Those are the tombstones glistening in the moonlight. I don't like it, Jimmy. Oh, here's the door. Oh, Jimmy, don't leave me. I'm right here in the shadow. He doesn't answer. It's funny. What do you want? Oh, no. Hey, where did you come from? What do you want? Uh... Are you the caretaker? Supposing I am. Oh, what made you sneak up on us from behind? That you making that crazy noise. What noise? Oh, you mean the man crying? Oh, so it was you. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. He passed us down the road. He was scared. What are you doing here? Like, our car was stolen from us. Oh, stolen? Hi, Doc! Open the door! Yes, two men held us up. We want to phone to the city for help. Do you hear, Doc? They coming, Mayor. Oh, here you are. Yeah. What have you there, man? Go on in, you two. Yes, sir. Lock up again, will you, Doc? Sure. Were they the ones picking up the rumpus? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, tell a queer story. Here, you two, sit down. Said the car was stolen, Doc. Who stole it? Well, I don't know. Just two gunmen. Yeah. Right here, Mayor. You better let me do the questioning. We'll get further. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what's your name, son? James Parker, sir, and this is Miss Phyllis Carroll. Hmm, how do you do, Miss Carroll? Now, Mr. Parker, as I understand, you and Miss Carroll were out riding this evening. Uh-huh. We were parked down the road near your house. Parked? What for? <laughs> no, no, Mayor. Well, it looks suspicious to me, Doc. With all these other goings on. Oh, you just don't understand modern young folk, Mayor. You'd better let me do the talking. Now then, you were parked on the edge of the road, I take it? Yes, sir. And then what happened? Well... Two men suddenly appeared, one on each side of the car, and told us to put up our hands and get out of the car. They were armed, you say? Yeah, both of them. When we got out, they told us to keep walking in the direction of the graveyard. What's that? Don't ever say that word again in front of Mayor Friday. This is the city of the dead. Oh, yes, sir. Sorry. Now, go on. Well, just as we saw the light in the caretakers... Mayor, son. Mayor. 
Yes, sir. Just as we saw the light in the mayor's house, we heard someone coming down the road as hard as he could run. He was scared. Yes, Jerry, go, huh? Yes, sir, he was. Crying and sobbing. Oh, Jimmy, you forgot about the bell. Bell? Yes, the church bell. It seemed to come from down at the other end of the... Uh, the city of the dead. I guess it was from the old church down there. Mm, you hear that, Mayor? There ain't been no bell in them ruins for ten years, Doc. No bell? But we heard it. But I tell Never you that... Never mind, Mayor. Now then, son, what happened after that? Well, after the man ran by, we waited a few moments, and we came to the door and knocked. That's all. Oh, I see. What do you make of it, Mayor? Don't like it. Think they're lying. But we're not. Listen, let me call up the police. Police? The police? Listen. I'm mayor of the city of the dead, and what I say goes. Yes, sir. And I ain't never had any police in this city, and I ain't never gonna have. And besides, there isn't any telephone here. But I saw a telephone Son, wire. you heard me say there was no telephone here. Oh, but, but I've got to let my mother know. I'm sorry, Miss Carroll. It seems to be fate. But what are we going to do? No one ever comes by this way. Well, Mayor Friday will put you up for the night, I think. He has a couple of extra rooms, eh, Mayor? Huh? Oh, sure. Sure. Oh, but I've got to get home tonight. Now, now, Miss Carroll, you better just take it all as an adventure and make the best of it. Isn't that right, son? Um, yeah, I guess so. Maybe if we started to walk back, we could pick up a ride when we hit the main highway. No, 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 we couldn't think of letting you do that. You simply must accept Mayor Friday's hospitality. Now, I'll tell you what, while the mayor is fixing up your rooms, I'll brew us a cup of coffee. But I don't want any coffee. Oh, tut, tut, of course you do. Yeah, there's still a fire in the kitchen stove. And the kettle's almost to a boil. We'll have coffee in the jiffy. But I want to go home. Don't say any more, Phyllis. Jimmy, what does it mean? I don't know. Something's up. I don't get it, but we better play up to him. Pretend like you thought nothing was a matter. Are, are we prisoners? Well, it looks like it. Now, don't worry, though. I can take on these two old duffers if I have to. Well, but who is this? This duck person. Oh, sh- here he comes. Now then, coffee's all ready. Hey, there you are, Miss Carroll. Thank you. Yeah, and there you are, Mr. Parker. Oh, thank you, sir. And here's some buns. Uh, better if they're hot, but they'll do for this sort of a snack. No, thank you. I'll just have coffee. Sir, I thought that Mr. Mayor Friday lived here alone. <laughs> you wonder who I am, eh? Well, I'm what your city doctors would call an old codger, I'm afraid. Just an old country doctor. Doc Tuner is what they call me. But I wouldn't think they'd need a, a physician in the city of the dead. Oh, no, no. The city of the dead isn't my seat of practice. That is, I should say, it wasn't my seat of practice. You see, son, I'm retired now. All my patients are dead. Dead? All of them? Well, it's this way, young folks. I was a family doctor and had my little practice and was like a member of each family that I doctored. I knew all the little troubles and every pain of each of my patients. Never seemed to hanker to add new patients to my clientele, especially as I grew older. Uh, more coffee, Miss Carroll? It does taste good. Well, as time went on, I found myself laying more and more of my patients to rest in the city of the dead. But there hasn't been anyone buried in the city of the dead for the last ten years. Well, this was years ago, son. Well, finally, about ten years ago, I discovered that all the families I'd doctored were either dead or had moved away. As I hadn't added any new patients, I was a doctor without a practice. But couldn't you have got more? Oh, suppose I could, but I never made a practice of it, so I didn't hanker to begin trying at my age. I was getting well along, and besides, I had enough to live on. Oh, I see. <laughs> Which means that you don't see it all. Well, son, as I said, I lost the last of my patients about the time they closed the City of the Dead as a burying place and opened up a newfangled cemetery over on the other side of the city. My last patient just slipped in under the bars, you might say. Last person to be buried here. All your your patients are buried in this great uh, city of the dead? Every one of them. So you can see the city of the dead has a very soft place in my heart. I often come down here and stay a spell with the mayor. It's kind of like being with old friends. Going down there among those little white headstones brings back all the old days to me. And you just happen to be here on a visit tonight? Huh? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, here comes the mayor. Well, your room's just ready. Yeah, that's good. I suppose, Miss Carroll, you'd better take the first room. Mr. Parker, you take the one right next to it. That right, Mayor? Don't make no difference. Well, good night. I hope you both sleep well. I'll call you for breakfast. Uh, good night, Dr. Tuner. And you too, Mr. Uh, Mayor Friday. Good night, son. And you, Miss Carroll. Yes. Good night. Good night, Phil. Remember, I'm right next door. Good night, Jim. 
And now you, son. Yeah. Hi. Hi out there. Hey, what do you mean by locking the door? Oh, Phyllis. Phyllis. Jimmy, is that you? Yes, Phyllis. They've locked me in and the window's barred. Out of the night come two youngsters. Into the web of intrigue woven by two strange old characters they fall. Prisoners of Doc Tuner and Mayor Friday. Oh boy, what will happen next in the City of the Dead? I think I need to hear a song after all that excitement. Here's Leroy Wilde, Where I Belong, featuring M.K. Once again, we are heading off into the sunset at the end of another show. At this point, we're on all the major podcast platforms. But if you're hearing this, maybe off of Anchor, and there is a platform that you use and you'd like it to be on, just let me know. Please remember to like, comment, all that other stuff. Um, if there's any artists that you like and like to hear more, let me know. To finish up the show, our spotlight is going to be on Sean McGuire. Sean McGuire is a Massachusetts-based guitarist and songwriter known for his folk pop style. On top of his own work, he used to be a member of the Chicago folk act, The Lulabells, where he wrote, recorded, and performed, bringing the group an award-winning song Between the Cracks. Nowadays, he continues to write his own music and perform throughout New England. I hope everyone has a great week, and I'll see you on the flip side. And to take us out, Sean McGuire with Holy Ghost.